Welcome back to Africa Knows. Today we can listen to Aliu Isa Aliu, a senior lecturer in mathematics in Federal University Dutse in Nigeria, a senior research associate at Sun Yat-sen University in Guangzhou, China, and more recently, the financial secretary of the new Nigeria's People's Party in Kano State, Northern Nigeria, preparing no doubt for the 2023 Nigerian elections. Dr. Aliu talks with Gaddafi about lie symmetry analysis, don't ask me what that means, and some other complex mathematics, but mostly he tells us the story of his own academic career, which has been remarkably successful, perhaps even a bit meteoric. Dr. Aliu tells us about the secret of a productive PhD, as well as his love for technology and the potential of mathematical modeling to solve major societal problems. But he also paints a very nuanced picture of the strengths and weaknesses of Nigerian education and even of its politics. So here is Dr. Aliou. From the first instance, I had my first degree in mathematics. Okay. And I uh, had my secondary degree in mathematics. But uh, right from the onset, when I started uh, mathematics from my university, uh, after graduating from the Department of Mathematics with a very uh, excellent grade, I thought of uh, joining the academia to give my own culture or my own uh, help from my side. Uh, what I have learned during uh, my undergraduate studies, how do I extend uh, the knowledge to those uh, that will come behind us? So that's, uh, that's what made me, uh, made up my mind to join uh, the academia to give back to the society what I have learned uh, uh, in the university. Exactly. And how was the journey started? So actually, um, in 2014, I got admitted into the Remedial Sciences uh, in Bayer University. That is the one-year Remedial Sciences. I uh, passed the Remedial Sciences with very excellent results. I actually... I wanted to study medicine, uh, but it was not possible for me to study medicine, despite the fact that I made it in the jump, I made it in the SSC and everything, but I couldn't get medicine. I was absorbed into the Department of Mathematics. Okay, good. Is it because of the competition? Yes, actually because of the competition, or let me say maybe destiny. Okay. Because uh, there are some people that got admitted into the Faculty of Medicine, who had uh, lesser grades in the remedial sciences and jump points than me, but they got admitted. So when I uh, started uh, studying mathematics uh, uh, in my level one, that's uh, in 2005, in 2005 particular, so, uh, particularly, sorry. So I started studying uh, BSc mathematics. So I didn't develop any interest in it because I don't like it. I wanted to study medicine. So the, the, uh, in the first year, I was uh, motivated by an uncle who told me that, look, um, you don't necessarily have to be a teacher after studying mathematics because then we were looking at teachers as uh, something very low. We were down grading yeah. teachers and a lot of things of such kind. So he motivated me. He told me that there are a lot of people that studied mathematics. They are in NMPC. They are everywhere. So I just made up my mind, okay, let me give it a try. So in the first year, I was able to make a very excellent result, uh, something very close to a first class. And then we proceeded to the second year. Uh, it was challenging, actually. 
but then uh, the fact that we had passed through the remedial science program it made it uh, a lot more easier for us so that was how the journey went uh, first year second year third year forty we finished we went for our NYC and then after the NYC we were lucky Kano State government came up with a scholarship program to sponsor uh, 501 uh, young graduates with first class and second class upper to study MSc uh, abroad. So I was selected as one of those beneficiaries and then I traveled to Jordan in 2012, September precisely. I began my MSc program in applied mathematics. I worked there for uh, about 18 months and then I returned and after that I went uh, to Turkey for my PhD. I spent three years returned 2018 and after then I traveled again back to China for my postdoctoral program in 2019 and then unfortunately COVID-19 came in 2020 exactly. and then I returned not with the intention of uh, returning permanently, but uh, yeah. just to return until COVID-19 uh, is overcome. But unfortunately, China closed its borders and there's no way we can yeah. go back up to this point. Yeah, yeah yes. exactly. So that's the summary of the journey so far. Yeah, and what is your research interest currently? Presently, I'm doing my research in uh, um, applied mathematics, uh, partial differential equations in okay. particular, fractional differential equations, uh, and uh, classical differential equations, and then uh, mathematical biology, exactly. studying diseases from the mathematical point oh, of view. Of view. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. And uh, what are the research questions, topics, and methods you find more interesting? So actually, uh, we have looked into a lot of engineering problems. Now, you know, engineers uh, model problems, they come up with mathematical models that require solutions. And then these solutions can only be solved by mathematicians. So we apply a lot of techniques and a lot of methods to see how we can help them find solutions of those problems. So we actually solve uh, mathematical physics and engineering problems that comes in uh, uh, with uh, mathematical difficulties and then we also solve mathematical uh, biology problems we model problems and we solve them try to give recommendations and uh, solutions and besides that during my msc there is what we call um, simulation modeling and simulation um, we were able to model a problem of an appointment system, queuing system in particular, of a hospital in Doha. Yes, we were able to uh, come up with uh, the best possible queuing system for that hospital so, uh, so as to minimize patient's waiting time in the hospital okay. and then maximize the uh, utilization of the doctors. Okay, that so, is in Qatar. Yes, yes, in Qatar. The hospital okay. is in Qatar. Okay. But uh, my uh, 
my supervisor, my teacher's supervisor, yeah. uh, was once a visiting professor so, in uh, uh, in Doha. Okay. So he yes. collected the project okay. and we did the work during my MSc. Exactly. And uh, now I'm also working in that field with okay. my uh, undergraduate students okay. and then my uh, my MSc students, so, okay. precise. Yes. So we are looking at how we can even implement such kind of systems. Uh, in our own hospitals and other uh, places that needs a standard queuing systems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what do you think about the Nigerian academia in general? What is your perception? The Nigerian. Academia? So 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 actually there are a lot of things uh, in the Nigerian academia. If you look at it very well, the standard of the Nigerian academia, particularly at the undergraduate level is still very strong because um, we had our first degree here in Nigeria and um, we had excellent results. And when we traveled out of the country, we didn't find any difficulty pertaining the, uh, 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 the classes, the coursework, because we had a lot of opportunities here to meet some of our very excellent um, um, academics but then where the problem comes is uh, the research part mm -hmm. we are very weak in terms of research exactly. particularly modern research because um, um, things have changed now in the world um, our academics here in Nigeria prefer to work do the work and then publish in our local journals mm -hmm. And uh, to my own belief and understanding, I don't think that would help the uh, academic system in Nigeria because uh, everyone would like wider publicity. When it comes to ranking of universities and then placement of universities according to research, teachings, and lots more, you find our Nigerian universities left behind because we don't have that capability. Uh, of research, of uh, showing the world, publishing in high impact journals that people will see, appreciate, and then learn from what we have. So until and unless we make a full dedication, uh, support in research, research grants, and then a lot of uh, other means of uh, enhancing research, uh, probably then we will be able to see uh, the impact. But when it comes to coursework, the core coursework teaching, yeah. I think the Nigerian academic okay. system is very excellent. Okay, that is the theory part. Yeah, the theory <laughs> part. Okay. Yes, the theoretical part. Okay. And how do you think Nigerian universities have developed over the decades? Yes, uh, actu actually, um, uh, with the coming of that fund in particular, okay. I think there has been a tremendous uh, progress in the university system. But like, like I've told you, I've went to several universities presently. Yeah. I found a lot of problems uh, pertaining to lecture rooms, pertaining to laboratories, pertaining to a lot of other things which students may require to uh, build themselves academically. But um, I think what we actually need most now is the research is the research because the research the research 
attracts uh, foreign research grants, it attracts foreign professionals, and a lot of other things. So we need to look at that from uh, the research perspective, how we can develop research and then other uh, sectors as well. Mm. And Doctor, I would like to know uh, your PhD uh, research topic. Okay. Your PhD research topic. So, so, so my PhD research topic was um, uh, lay symmetry analysis okay. and conservation laws of some mathematical physics problems. Okay. How uh, are coming you up from engineering to a, to a layman. Okay. 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 So actually, the lay symmetry I called uh, is a new area of research. Okay. Not long ago, about two decades ago, um, it uh, came out recently. So it's a method of solving mathematical and engineering uh, problems. Yeah. So we were able to come up with new solutions to some mathematical um, problems that arise from engineering using different or using new techniques of research. And we were able to give physical interpretations, recommendations, okay. and um, a lot of other new things are added which have not been in existence okay. before. Okay. What are some of the major pioneers of the research? Can you yes, like I've, like I've said, um, in the field of uh, soliton theory okay. and uh, conservation laws, we try to find solutions of problems that uh, in engineering that have not been solved before, previously. They have not been solved by anybody before, but we try to find they are highly, highly, comp uh, highly difficult uh, nonlinear problems. Yes, uh, they haven't been solved before. So we were able to solve them and come up with the solutions. And these solutions are, are, are confirmed to be true, some of which have been published in some uh, high-impact uh, journals. Passing. Yes, interesting. And uh, what are some of the major accomplishments you have achieved so far in your academic career? Okay. Um, actually, I have achieved a lot. Uh, particularly during my PhD. Okay. And that, uh, that's, that's one reason why I always advise uh, people that study PhD now mm -hmm. to always publish before they finish their PhDs. Yeah. Because uh, then during my PhD, I study for not less than 15 hours daily for almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I was lucky, my supervisor in Turkey, Professor Dr. Mustafa Inch, it's a very hardworking person. Um, I and my colleague, Dr. Abla Yusuf, presently a postdoc, uh, uh, postdoc scholar okay. in a university in Turkey. Um, he supervises us uh, together. together. Yeah. So we leave to his office 9 a.m. We go to his office at 9 a.m. and we leave at 5 p.m. We only come out to take some lunch, yeah. pray, and yeah. then we go back and continue our research. Yeah. So he assists us so well. He's a very, very, um, he's a very, very big researcher. In fact, one of the top five researchers in Turkey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we were able to publish at least seventy um, papers. Wow. Yes, 70, 70 papers wow. in uh, co-authored with the other colleagues yes co-authored with other colleagues oh, okay. because um, sometimes the work needs uh, some 
kind of uh, inputs from different yeah, exactly. colleagues. Yeah. Yes. So that was how we did the PhD, and um, I'm happy to say that uh, in the last three years or four, from the time I started my research, that was in 2015, uh, to this point, I think I have I now have about close to 2,500 citations in Google Scholars. Wow. And then in the web of science, there are about 2,300 um, uh, citations with a, yes, with a H index of about close to 27 in both, uh, in both uh, searches. And we have uh, reviewed so many papers for so many journals, high impact paper, Paper, uh, journals, high impact factor journals. We are reviewing uh, works from different researchers. So, so far, this is uh, some of the accomplishments. And back here in Nigeria, now I'm training uh, undergraduate students and then postgraduate students that are teaching at Federal University of St. Exactly. Interesting. And also, I had to that you made it to the list of the uh, scientists. Uh, high-ranking scientists in the world. Yes. Uh, yes. Can you explain further? Yes, exactly. So there are different types of ranking. There okay. is uh, uh, this ranking that comes from Scopus. There, is, there are other different uh, exactly. types of uh, rankings. Okay. But I'm happy to say that um, we fall among the top 1%, uh, top, uh, top 2% researchers in the world. Okay. And in Nigeria, um, my colleague Abdullah was uh, uh, was rated um, one of the top twenty researchers in the world. Okay. Yes, and I fall among the first fifty researchers. Sorry, Abdullah was rated one of the first first twenty researchers in Nigeria, okay. and I was rated yes among the first fifty researchers in uh, in the in, in Nigeria. So as we're making research, remember this is just an achievement within four years. There okay. are people that have been in yeah. the academia for decades. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we are making research, yeah. making more push, and uh, the ranking is still coming. Okay. And uh, I'm happy to see that uh, this ranking has uh, tremendously helped our universities here exactly. in Nigeria where we work. Yeah. Because uh, Federal University Duse was exactly. ranked yes. the first university in, in yes. Nigeria. Exactly. And uh, this yeah. has to do with the high level citations research yeah, that are going yeah. out from there and also the vice chancellor we have now presently okay. is a is a first class researcher as well yeah. and then the inputs from different other colleagues made it possible for us to build uh, such a name and achievement exactly yeah, that's very interesting and doctor do you see inequalities in the global structure of research and teaching and uh, if so, what should be done about it? Yes, actually there is. Um, I have an experience uh, of uh, one inequality I saw. Actually, mm, in places I've went to, like um, Jordan, Turkey, and uh, China to be precise, I observed that they give so much relevance to both teaching and research. Um, for example, there are young professors, there are old professors. In China, uh, undergraduate students are being taught by uh, academics who have been teaching for decades because probably they, 
might be tolerant. Probably their methods of teachings uh, are a bit different from the younger ones that are growing. Exactly. Um, and a lot of things, and I observed uh, that has helped them a lot. And I also observed that in Turkey. But all in all, the inequalities are, uh, are really, the gap is really much. And we need to work on uh, uh, facility development in particular, uh, research development as well, and then welfare of uh, staffs. To be precise, some of us, if we look at what we earn uh, while working abroad, uh, we can't just end, end it here because the discrepancies are just so much. And then if you motivate an academic staff, give him all the necessary uh, uh, all the necessary things he needs uh, in terms of housing, in terms of welfare, in terms of research, and most uh, and a lot of things, you find out that uh, the outcome will really be positive, yes. and um, you will certainly have uh, what you what you really want. Yeah. Yes. And apart from your area of specialization, uh, what other fields do you find interesting? You have interest in other areas? Yes, actually, apart I... Apart from the mainstream yes, yes, mathematics? Yes, okay. yes, apart from mathematics, I develop an interest in uh, two sectors. Okay. Uh, to be precise, um, fleet management, like I've told you. Okay. Uh, fleet management or telematics is an idea of uh, using the knowledge of GPS. Wow using the knowledge of GPS wow. to find out where a particular uh, uh, maybe vehicle, maybe person, there are a lot of GPS, personal mm -hmm. GPS, uh, vehicle GPS, and a lot of a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I've studied that uh, from the technical and as well from uh, other parts of it, yes. and I'm still studying it. So I'm into a lot of uh, technology uh, with regards to GPS, because recently we observed that there are a lot of kidnappings, there are a lot yes. of stealings and exactly. lots of other things. So we were able to, um, we were able to discuss with some companies in China, and they come up with some uh, very high uh, accurate GPS uh, smart watches that can assist people to locate their loved ones out. Yes, you can be able to trace them. Mm. And I can see you have developed something like a software. Yes, exactly. There is a software okay. which you can be able to see all your fleets at a time. Yes, you can be able to see your fleets at a time, see where your car is, see where your loved one is. Even this key holder is a GPS. Exactly. So there are a lot of uh, things because I so much like technology exactly. and I so much like uh, some new things. Yes. So that is why I develop interest in to yeah, uh, into this exactly. precise. That's very interesting. And in, in your own view, how do you think Nigeria as a country have developed maybe let's say since nineteen sixty from independence? Actually there was um from what I've learned okay. uh, uh, from history, yeah. uh, there was uh, a tremendous development up to up to the early nineties. Okay. There are some developments. But everything started, uh, we started having some problems in the 90s down to the uh, uh, 20s, uh, recently mm -hmm. in the last two decades. Mm -hmm. So uh, one cannot be developed without a standard education system. Mm -hmm. 
our education system needs a uh, 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 total overhaul not even modifications okay. but total overhaul the system is not working entirely uh, you can just imagine just find time visit some of these uh, uh, secondary schools i uh, my first daughter uh, is attending a very good school here okay. i think what she she's just in in nursery two now okay. but uh, what she can be able to do mm. I compared it with uh, a just one student in one of uh, our public schools. Public schools. Wow. What she has learned, yeah. yes, the just one student cannot exactly. be able to do it. So if you look at it, uh, government needs to invest uh, in the basic education because the basic education is the building block. Exactly. You cannot go and build the top without building the bottom. So there should be a total overhaul. Recruitment of teachers should be based on merit. Uh, facilities should be well provided. And then uh, the schools should have funding. In general, um, the funding for education, in my opinion, is just so low uh, in terms of budgets, in terms of sponsorship, and a lot of things. Thanks to TED Fund, PTDF, NITID, and others that have helped in taking some of our uh, 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 colleagues or let me say some of our graduates to foreign countries to okay. see at least that's the aim if we see we come back we give advices for them to implement and make all the necessary changes that will benefit the society as at large yeah certainly and this this last question uh, I, I want to ask uh, do you have I any mean, is out of uh, interview that okay. do you have an interest in politics maybe later in life a career in politics as a scholar now yes a scientist yes actually um, okay. there's something that is motivating me uh, okay. in terms of politics uh, actually I'm into politics because okay. Okay. what made me uh, decide to join politics is uh, was uh, after when I when we were sent to master's degree by the then government of uh, Senator Abu Konkosu um, I realize we need to have uh, continuity in governance okay. and um, we need to have more of his kind okay. because this man doesn't know a lot of us. Yeah. He took us abroad. Some of us studied pilot, some of us studied medicine and a lot, a lot of people benefited, about 3,000 people. And I think during that period, Kano State Government was able to exhaust every single person with a first class and two one. So that made me look at post, uh, politics as something good. At least you can be able to give back to the society. Uh, but there are some problems uh, with regard to the politics in terms of money politics, in terms of uh, politics that has to do with uh, insincere politics to be precise. So I am into politics right away and uh, we are pushing to see how being in politics can bring changes to the society as well. That's very interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. We are very grateful. Thanks for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. There will be many more to follow, so stay tuned. You can also go to www.africanose.eu for much more information. And if you have any thoughts, comments, ideas on hosts or guests or any other things to share, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you.